It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. It's Saturday the 2nd of March. I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw an ongoing row over Tory Islamophobia, a shock by-election win for George Galloway, Biden and Trump battling it out on TV and tributes to a much-loved Terry Biker. Grab a cup of something hot. Put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the small seven. It's news, but not the news. I don't actually believe that these Islamists have got control of our country, but what I do believe is they've got control of Khan. That was controversial Tory MP Lee Anderson and former Deputy Chairman of the Tory Party speaking to GB News after former Home Secretary Suella Braverman claimed that Islamists were in charge of Britain. His remarks led to a full week of criticism across the political spectrum, including from the London Mayor himself. Look, these comments from a senior Conservative are Islamophobic, are anti-Muslim and are racist. Uh, these comments uh, pour fuel on the fire of anti-Muslim uh, hatred. Last Saturday, Lee was stripped of the Conservative whip after refusing to apologise for the remarks. It's effectively a suspension from the party and means that he'll now have to sit as an independent MP. But Deputy PM Oliver Dowden was quick to jump to his defence on the BBC on Sunday. I don't believe that Lee Anderson said those remarks uh, intending to to be uh, Islamophobic. And despite the outrage, the former Deputy Chairman of the Tory party dug his heels in on Monday on day four of a row over Islamophobic comments that he now says were clumsy. He was still refusing to apologise though because in his words when you think you're right you should never apologise as it's a sign of weakness. His non-apology saw accusations of Islamophobia in the Tory party gathering pace. With Lee suspended Prime Minister Rishi Sunak headed off to do a round of media interviews but repeatedly refused to call Anderson's remarks racist including on BBC York. Clearly his choice of words wasn't acceptable, it was wrong and that's why the whip was suspended. Words matter, especially in the current environment where tensions are running high and I think it's incumbent on all of us to choose them carefully. With the Reform Party leader Richard Tice urging 30p Lee to join his party, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer was in no doubt about what the remarks and Rishi's reaction to them demonstrated. It's Islamophobia and the Prime Minister should call it out for what it is. The reason he won't is because he's so weak. If they're re-elected, we're going to have five more years of this. Incredible as it may seem, the Tory Islamophobia row continued on Tuesday, with Lee 30p Anderson appearing on ITV News, where he refused once again to back down on his comments. In fact, he says he's had overwhelming support from the public, and when asked if he thought his comments had been wrong in any way, he said no, not at all. One Tory MP and former Minister for London, Paul Scully, was apologising, however, in his case for his remarks that there were no-go areas in both London and Birmingham. Absolutely. I'm sorry for using the word no-go areas because it was a, a blunt thing that actually feeds into another set of conspiracy theories and some language used by people like Katie Hopkins, which was absolutely not my intention. With no sound of the row ending, it emerged that London Mayor Sadiq Khan has police protection in part because of Islamist threats against him, along with threats from the far right. Labour Shadow Education Secretary Bridget Phillipson says the fact that the Prime Minister hasn't taken any action to end the chaos reflects poorly on him. 
then I just think it demonstrates to me, really, that Rishi Sunak is weak. And there's, there's Liz Truss as well floating around the US spouting all kinds of conspiracy theories. Again, no action taken against her. Rishi Sunak is just in hock to this strange coalition of MPs in his own party. Uh, he's weak. And after almost a week of arguing over Islamophobia, things didn't get any calmer at Prime Minister's question time. Rishi and Tory's refusal to call Lee Anderson's comments about Islamists taking over London racist has led to rising tensions between members of the party. Add in the fact that Liz Truss seems to have turned into Donald Trump and Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer wanted to know what exactly is going on with the Tories. A Tory MP spent last week claiming that Britain is run by a shadowy cabal made up of activists, the deep state, and most chillingly of all, the Financial Times. Uh, At what point did his party give up on governing and become the political wing of the Flat Earth Society? Sarmer wasn't finished there either, saying that Nigel Farage with the Tinfoil Hat Brigade had taken over the Tory party, which didn't go down well with Rishi Sunak. He hit back on Labour's issues with anti-Semitism, including the fact that Thursday's by-election in Rockdale now has no official Labour candidate. Utterly shameless from someone who stood by while anti-Semitism ran rife in his party, oversaw the appalling situation in Rochdale and twice back the member for Islington North. While he might want to bend to mob rule, we will face down the extremists and stand up for British value. Keir Starmer, this is for Gaza. Thursday saw a bizarre by-election in Rockdale which featured no Labour candidate after Azhar Ali was deselected by the party following an anti-Semitism row. That left the field to replace Labour MP Sir Tony Lloyd wide open with Ali along with George Galloway, Simon Danksuk of Reform UK and Paul Ellison for the Tories all hoping for success. In the end, George Galloway comfortably won with a majority of 6,000, making his seventh victory in four different cities for three different parties across four decades. He dedicated his win to the people of Gaza and had a message for both the Labour and Tory leaders. Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak are two cheeks of the same backside and they both got well and truly spanked tonight here in Rochdale. Last Saturday marked two years since Russia launched its full-scale invasion on Ukraine. Since then, more than 31,000 Ukrainian troops have been killed and an estimated 315,000 Russian troops killed or wounded in the war, which has seen Russia fail to capture Kyiv or take control of the Ukrainian government. To mark the anniversary, a group of Western leaders travelled to Kyiv for a press conference where Ukrainian President Zelensky appealed for the US Congress to approve Biden's $60 billion aid request. Speaking to CNN, Zelensky said that some American critics of the aid package don't understand what's happening in Ukraine. We don't need any rhetoric of, from people who, who are not uh, deeply in the, in the, you know, in the, in the war. So to understand it is to come to the front line to see what's going on, to speak with the people, then to go to civilians to understand what will be, because he doesn't understand it. Of course, he God bless, you don't have the war on your territory. Well, there's no end in sight to the war as Putin's forces continue to push forward, while the Ukrainian side is short on ammunition and support. Former US Deputy National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes says the Russian president and Trump ally is likely to hold off until November's US presidential election. Putin... Uh, does not have an incentive to make a deal before election. You know, if he thinks that there's a chance of Donald Trump getting back in the White House, why wouldn't he want to wait and see uh, if he can uh, have that uh, advantage? 
Monday saw leaders gathered in Paris at the invitation of French President Macron to provide what he called a wake-up call. 30 heads of state and top officials attended, including Foreign Secretary Lord David Cameron and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, while Ukrainian President Zelensky joined by Zoom. Macron has become concerned that as US aid dries up, European allies need to work more closely together to help Ukraine win on the battlefield. It came as Hungary finally approved Sweden's membership of NATO, which sees the alliance grow to 32 members. But there was criticism from the UN as Secretary-General Antonio Guterres called out his own Security Council for their response to world threats. Security Council is often deadlocked and able to act on the most significant peace and security issues of our time. The Council's lack of unity on Russia's invasion of Ukraine and on Israel's military operations in Gaza has severely, perhaps fatally, undermined its authority. Ukrainian President Zelensky made a flying visit to Saudi Arabia on Tuesday. He met with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to discuss the proposed peace plan as the kingdom seeks to act as a mediator despite its close ties to Russia. There was good news in the European Parliament as a 50 billion euro deal was voted through, but Ukrainian troops have had to withdraw from more villages around Avdivka as Russia continues to push forward. There was a backlash too from a suggestion from French President Macron that countries might elect to send troops to fight in Ukraine outside of a NATO agreement. His proposal was rejected out of hand by the US and by NATO and it also attracted a stern warning from the Kremlin. Macron was refusing to rule out the idea, however. There is no consensus right now about sending in ground troops in an official, sanctioned manner. But in reality, nothing should be ruled out. We will do whatever it takes to ensure that Russia cannot win this war. With no sign of a breakthrough on the $60 billion US aid package for Ukraine, EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is proposing that the EU should use some of the €300 billion Euros of frozen Russian assets to buy weapons for Ukraine. The EU Parliament also saw an address on Wednesday from the widow of Alexei Navalny. The funeral was held on Friday in Moscow and his widow, Yulia Navalnaya, says that it's clear Putin killed her husband and that eventually he must answer for his crimes. My husband will never see was a beautiful Russia of the future will look like, but we must see it. And I will do my best to make his dream come true. In advance of the Navalny funeral, Russia's President Vladimir Putin made his annual address to Parliament on Thursday. He spoke at length about how the West is trying to destroy Russia and how Russia would fight and defeat NATO if required. His remarks came as the European Parliament held him criminally and politically responsible for the death of Alexei Navalny, whose funeral takes place in Moscow on Friday. The Russian elections are due to take place in two weeks, but with no serious opposition left, it's expected Putin will win easily. He did have thoughts too on how Russia can play a role as a global peacemaker, presumably after the war in Ukraine ends. All uh, efforts should be put in having negotiations with all the countries of the world in that respect. That is absolutely essential for all of us. Without Russia, there is no solid peace in the world. Donald Trump is marching on towards Super Tuesday after scoring another Republican primary win in South Carolina this weekend. He beat the state's former governor, Nikki Haley, in an almost 60-40 split to secure his fourth state-level Republican primary nomination. The former president is looking increasingly likely to win a majority of delegates and officially secure the GOP nomination in mid-March, which would make it one of the shortest Republican primary cycles in 30 years. However, with 91 indictments and multiple cases ongoing, it's not clear if he'll make 
make it to the White House. Speaking after his South Carolina victory, Trump had a special message for current President Joe Biden, who might have just become the world's oldest apprentice. Joe, you're fired. Get out. Get out, Joe. You're fired. They're destroying our country and we're going to, I just wish we could do it quicker. Nine months is a long time. Donald Trump may get more media coverage, but U.S. President Joe Biden is also a busy man. He spent Tuesday trying to wrangle the Republicans into getting the much-discussed aid bill for Ukraine and Israel moving in Congress. He summoned the state and the congressional leadership to the White House, where he politely but firmly asked them to get things moving. Apart from all that, Joe has also found time to celebrate 10 years of Seth Meyers' late-night talk show, popping up with Amy Poehler and cracking jokes about his election opponent, Donald Trump. You gotta take a look at the other guy. He's about as old as I am, but he can't remember his wife's name. Yeah. It's about how old your ideas are. This is a guy who wants to take us back. He wants to take us back on Roe v. Wade. He wants to take us back on a whole range of issues that are 50, 60 years. They've been solid American positions. And I really mean this sincerely. The, uh, I think it's about about the future. This week saw the grand plan for the Republicans to impeach President Biden and thus muddy the waters around their own multiple impeachment candidate Donald Trump fall apart. Wednesday saw the president's son Hunter finally appear before a closed-door hearing of the House Oversight and Judiciary Committee. This was their dream witness with plans to cause all sorts of chaos about Hunter's laptop, his international high-paid consulting and hopefully a trial that led to his father Joe. However, with one of their key witnesses being arrested by the FBI for and having links to Russian intelligence, the whole scheme seems to be collapsing. Democrats were quick to update the media about how little evidence Republicans have, with Representative Eric Swalwell making a brief appearance on Fox News. They've got nothing. That's what we just witnessed for the last hour. Uh, one of their witnesses has been indicted for working with Russian intelligence. Another witness All right. uh, has been indicted. Uh, we're going to pull away Chinese. from there. And as Donald Trump continues to battle with the law, he had good news Thursday in his bid to assert presidential immunity. Much to the surprise of legal commentators, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear Trump's appeal, but not until late April. Dave Arenberg is the Palm Beach State Attorney and a legal analysis for MSNBC, and he says that it's all a bit suspicious. Delay huh. is a choice. And- you know, when the Supreme Court wants to move quickly, it does. Like in Bush v. Gore in 2000, they consciously chose the opposite here. So it's abundantly clear that there is no cavalry coming to save our democracy. Only the voters can do that. So to come on the standout seven, Lily Gladstone springs a surprise at the SEG Awards and tributes to a much-loved hairy biker. Right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. Post office bosses were hauled in front of the Trade and Business Committee on Tuesday as MPs dug into the ongoing scandal. First up was Post Office CEO Nick Reid, who was asked about the row between his former chairman Henry Staunton and Business Secretary Kemi Badenoch. Reid backed Badenoch and said he was not familiar with the accusations of an instruction to go slow on compensation and that he didn't believe the allegations. I can categorically say that nobody in my team or myself has received any instruction from the government 
about slowing down compensation. Former Chair Henry Staunton also testified causing shock as he revealed an 80-page HR investigation into the CEO and claiming that Mr Reid had tried to quit multiple times. The post office denied those allegations. Also appearing on Tuesday was a sub-postmaster at the centre of ITV's drama that reignited public interest in the scandal and he was pretty scathing about his former organisation. It hasn't changed. It's been the same for donkey's years. It will not change and you cannot change it. My personal view about post office is it's a dead duck and it has been for years and it's going to be a money pit for the taxpayer for years to come and you should sell it to someone like Amazon for a pound. Saturday saw some of Hollywood's biggest names walking the red carpet in LA for the 30th annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. Oppenheimer was the night's biggest winner, scooping up wins in the outstanding cast and best male leading and supporting actor categories. And while poor things Emma Stone was the pundit's favourite, it was Killers of the Flower Moon's Lily Gladstone who came out victorious as the best female actor in a leading role. My friends, fellow actors, I feel the good in what you have done, what you do. This has been a hard year for all of us. Um, Those in this room, those not in this room, I'm so proud that we've gotten here in solidarity with all of our other unions. There was sad news on Thursday as one of Britain's best-loved TV cooks, Dave Myers, passed away at just 66 years of age. The hairy bikers who spent 20 years on our TV screens and on their beloved bikes first met in the 1990s and shot to fame with their 2006 Hairy Bikers cookbook show on the BBC. Dave and his on-screen partner and best friend Cy King stood out from any other TV chefs as they loved to hit the road and their authentic and enthusiastic presentation won them many fans. Dave had been ill with cancer for a number of years but continued to make TV shows including their current series which is called The Hairy Bikers Go West. The two spoke about their joy at getting to make a final series. Rest in peace, Dave. It, it's been glorious and the motorcycling's been glorious. What can I say? It just feels so good to be alive. Great that I'm back here with my best mates. You know, we didn't think that 18 months ago we'd be on the bikes again and wandering around Dave's backyard and it's, uh, it's wonderful that we are. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.